Welcome to The Foundry, where leaders are forged daily. Each week, we investigate themes of leadership, entrepreneurship, and mindset with some of the greatest minds in real estate. And now, the data scientist of real estate, George Roberts. Welcome back, entrepreneurs. Today's guest is someone who's making waves not only in commercial real estate, but also as a philanthropist. I know that making a genuine positive difference in the world is one of the topics that interests our distinguished audience. And that's why I'm excited today to have as our guest, John Kasman, founder of Kasman Capital and co-founder of the Midwest Real Estate Networking Summit. Welcome to the show, John. George, thank you for having me. Excited to be here today, man, and uh, excited to talk to you. All right, awesome. Well, you, you really reinvented yourself multiple times. And when people start something out and they compare themselves to someone else who's already successful, I mean, this first iteration of your future success, you have no idea you know, how many stumbles somebody else has had, uh, how many times somebody's mentored them along the way, how many times they've relaunched. Wow. I, I mean, I think that's really, really inspiring. And I, I think there's there's a lot there for people who are willing to go out there and do the work to pivot a couple of times and find the success they truly deserve. Yeah, George, I think it's important. It's also important to have the right mentors in your place, you know, because, um, you know, without having people who can guide you all the way, you, you could go years and years and waste a lot of time. So for me, Every time I've done a rebranding, it's been after a consultation, right? So, I mean, I, I may have a thought in my head, but then I got to go sit down and talk to other experts in the field, people I respect who are podcasters who have you know way more downloads than me and have more experience mm -hmm. in the space and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking. What do you think? And they they give me their consult and, and you know, I take most of what they say because they know more. But, you know, there are things where I say, eh, I feel like I want to go this way, right? So I, I think it is important to understand and, and learn from folks who've been down that path before you, but to compare yourself to them is almost robbing you of, of the joy of the journey that you're on. You know, you can't compare yourself to other people because you don't know what their goal is. You don't know what their situation is. You don't know what their passion is. Like, it's a whole different thing. So for you, I would say learn from them, take, you know, notes on what you see, what you like, who's successful. I like how they do this. Um, but you got to run your own race, right? You are on your own journey. Don't worry about comparing yourself to that person. You you know, you kind of mentioned like, oh, I'm 19 on the feed spot. You're 21. Like, yeah. I'm sure the people above me who I'm like, oh, we should be higher than him, right? But for me, it's really about how do I produce a show that helps people achieve and reach their investing goals that makes them want to maybe work with me in some capacity or at a minimum, they they listen to an episode and say, hey, it's a great episode. Maybe I'll share this with someone. So that's really the outcome and goal we're looking for. It's not to be number one or number two or number three on a list or to achieve a certain number of downloads. Um, I will tell you, for me, I take great pride when people walk up to me when I'm at a you know, real estate conference or an event and they say, hey, man, I'm, I'm a listener of the show. Really appreciate your content. Um, or they give me some of the compliment about, you know, how the show has been able to help them. To me, that that's the most fulfilling thing that I think we could have is helping someone and being a part of their journey, especially when, you know, on this podcast, you don't get to see and talk to everyone that's listening. So it's a lot of fun when they kind of take a one-way conversation and, and kind of turn around and make it two-way. 
Yeah, that's great. So uh, ignore the vanity metrics and remember that comparison is the thief of joy. Well, let's talk about other ways that you're building a community, maybe more directly. It is, as you say, a little difficult to feel the community because you don't always get to see and hear from your listeners. But there are many ways that you bring people together. So one of the things or all the things you're doing right now is the Midwest Real Estate Networking Summit and the Windy City REI Meetup. And I know that uh, being an organizer myself of many events, it's a lot of work. So tell me what keeps you going as an event organizer. Yeah, so the the Windy City REI Meetup is uh, not our event, but it is a good friend of mine's event. Our event is Chicago Multifamily Club, but we are uh, friends with those folks as well. It's a great opportunity. Um, you know, for us, on the event side, events are special. Um, when I was in marketing, the events are the things that I gravitated towards. I did event marketing for probably a decade. And the thing with events are you get to see people light up and come to life. And whether that's a branded event, whether that's a networking event, a real estate event, um, there's no better way to make a connection than, than with event marketing. So for me, I realized that all of my growth, um, I mean, seriously, the growth that I had could directly be tied to events, whether that was a meetup, whether that was a RIA event, the Real Estate Investor Association event, whether it was a conference, um, all the major milestones, the things that pushed me over the edge, the things that gave me the confidence to move forward, I could tie to an event. So um, the very first large syndication deal we did with partners I met at an event, the conference, you know, I, the reason I went was someone I met at a meetup. She told me she was speaking at this event, inviting me to come out there. I went out there and watching that event come to life, that gave me the confidence to say, you know what, I think I could do bigger deals. And she and I were sitting and decided, you know, we we should bring something like this to Chicago, where I was living at the time. Um, that was a quick conversation over a cocktail. And about a week later, we had the outline of this conference. So the events were really monumental in pushing things forward. And I think it's a great way to get people to take action. And if you can be in an environment where you can learn, you can connect with other people, you can see people face to face. You get their true spirit, right? You get their essence. You can, you know, you can vibe. You and I saw each other at, um, where was that? Chicago, right? We saw each other at an event in Chicago. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just even folks you know, to to be able to sit down and and see them in person, whether it's a friend you haven't seen in a while, someone you've only seen on Zooms, um, there's a connection and a bond that I think is, is much deeper. And there's been studies on this. I, I think the study says that you make connections or you build trust 20 times faster when you see someone in person than you can through any other medium. So that's something that is is really big for me is doing events to to meet people, connect with them and and try to help them get the growth and the impact that I've been able to have through doing being through attending various events. It's great. And then what advice would you have for would-be organizers, somebody who maybe done some meetups in the area, looking to make the grade? and do something much bigger like an in-person conference yeah so i would definitely think about a mentor someone who's done that um and the reason i say that is just there are a lot of nuances and you know th there's a, a whole lot of you know mistakes that someone can make and you really want to be able to talk to someone who understands what you're trying to do and how to do it to give a couple of very tactical things i would say this one is make sure you are you are looking to connect with the people who attend this event 
And by connect, there's a long-term connection, which means, you know, getting a list, you know, make sure you capture people's names, emails, and be able to follow up these individuals. But also when they're there, you are a host. You want to talk to these people. You want to shake their hands. You want to get to know them. You have the opportunity to build real connections with these individuals. So take advantage of that. Okay. So in addition to real estate meetings uh, and events, I know that you're also organizing some other very important events here. I like to get a proper picture of this, but this is from a recent post that you put out. This is called the Search for Water. And I know that to date, that you've helped over a million people find clean drinking water. I'd like to ask you just in general, what impact being a philanthropist has had on your life? That's a great question. Um, and I appreciate you bringing this up. You know, search for water has been a very important aspect of my life, really for a couple of things. First and foremost is gratitude. Um, gratitude for who I am, what I have, what we have. And I think this is broader than me. This is many Americans. And to give you context, the the organization, we invest in sustainable drinking um, water and and sanitary solutions in underdeveloped countries. And there, there are people in these countries who literally they become, you know, 11, 12 year old girls and they stop going to school because they have to spend their day walking five miles to get water and then walking five miles back to bring it to their family. And this is out of one well source that they have to use. So we're trying to create opportunities for them to continue not just their education, but create solutions that impact their community and sustainable solutions. This isn't about throwing money at it or giving them some bottled water. This is about really helping them understand how to create a thriving ecosystem for themselves. And ideally, Surge is able to come in, do the work, help them get going, and then back out of it. But to your question holistically about philanthropy and the impact it has, it gives me a sense of gratitude. You know, I think it's easy to get caught up in our day-to-day grind and our hustle and our dreams and our goals and lose sight of the larger impact of the world. You know, what it means to uh, have the things that we have, to be grateful for the relationships we have, the fact that um, I could go turn on a faucet and water comes out. Um, as we're recording this, we had to take a small little break, right? Because I told you my HVAC guy showed up because I yeah. woke up and guess what? I was a little chilly. And I realized that my furnace wasn't working. So I made a phone call and a few hours later, someone's here turning on my head. Do you understand the the benefit of that? Like the perk, you know, first world problem of that, that for a few hours I had to wear a jacket in my house. Right. To be inconvenienced. And and it's not, it's not to go all emotional, whatever. It's just to state that gratitude, it's it's really important for us to understand and respect that. And for me, it keeps me grounded you know recognizing what my life was like at one point where i didn't have as much money i didn't have as much food i didn't have some of the options you know if there's something i wanted i couldn't just go get it you know i had to plot and say okay i gotta save x amount of dollars for x amount of time to be able to go do this um so that gratitude i think is really key and when you see other people um it's key and i would also say purpose and just to give you the last little context the person who started the organization used to work with my wife and she left that firm to do this full time and she was making no money. She just started taking a small salary a couple of years ago. But when she when she left to go full time, she did take a salary. And at that time, I sat down with her because picture this. Yeah. 
she's she left her six figure corporate job as a consultant to run this water organization that made no money. It just, you know, every dollar went into the field and she was personally getting on these planes and going over there, spending her own money to invest in these communities. And at that time I was selling beer, right? I was doing beer advertising. So I'm sitting here and I'm just juxtaposing like that path. You know, she's trying to find clean water for these people to survive. And I'm trying to get people to drink, you know, a little bit more, you know, light beer. And I was like, man, I really don't have a serious purpose in life. Right. And it's not it's not I'm not knocking anyone in corporate America myself. What I'm saying, though, is that I realized the magnitude of the work I was doing was insignificant in comparison. Right. Trying to get people to drink a little bit more beer versus trying to provide clean, sustainable drinking water and sanitary solutions for folks who otherwise won't have it. Whoa, man, what are we doing? And that purpose and gratitude are so key. So the philanthropy to me also is internal to do work that impacts other people. And the thing that's great with real estate is we do have purpose, right? It's not just about making money. We're trying to provide quality homes. We're trying to provide, you know, returns, investment opportunities for the people on our network so that they can get the money that they need to either retire, leave their jobs early, pay for graduation, pay for weddings, whatever it is, right? We're providing a real service. So I think that was the thing that philanthropy really helped me with was one, getting gratitude for the life I have and the opportunities that we have, but also a sense of purpose that it's not just about me. It's about service to other people and helping them accomplish the dreams that they have. You know, that's huge, John. And I'm glad that you brought it back to the material prosperity that comes so easily to so many of us in the society. I mean, listening audience out there, if you, you're not happy, help somebody. Be grateful for what you have. Do something for someone else. Help somebody else develop, get to where you are. It's There's nothing more potent for our happiness. So often I think that we assume, you know, we have to do this or we have to achieve that or we have to get this promotion. And really, it's the human one-on-one interaction that ends up being far and wide, the most significant thing in our lives. Well, I don't know if I can match the depth of that last segment of the interview, but I think that we can up the level of intensity a little bit. This is when I like to go into the rapid fire round of the interview. I call it the seven. Are you ready, John? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So if you could have a billboard, what would it say? Ooh, man. Um, it's like a life quote kind of billboard or is this a marketing, like trying to sell business? What, what, what kind of billboard? <laughs> sure, exactly. What is your legacy? What do you want to leave behind? What would you like to get people thinking? Oh, man. Um, I got to go with the wrestling quote I used to have in uh, our, our wrestling room. You know, tough times don't last. Tough people do. Love it. And what's your number one productivity hack? Um, the days I'm most productive, I wake up knowing exactly what my priorities are for the next day. So I would say write down your top, you know, two or three priorities for the next day, the night before. So you can 
while you're sleeping, you're already contemplating how to attack it when you're attacking it and go from there. Name one tip or trick that investors can implement in their business today. Um, always have someone smarter than you. And when I say smarter, I mean in that specific area. Mm-hmm. Uh, double check any questions or areas that you have a you know concern on. So if it's underwriting, okay. bring in someone who really is strong there. If it's construction, bring on a contractor, someone who really knows that part. Right. Just Never the be the smartest person in the room. Look for a different room. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. So time for our random question. This is when things get really wild. Just tell me when to stop cutting the deck. Stop. All right. Which celebrity would you most like to see in person? Oh, in person. You know, uh, The Rock. I'm a um I was uh, I'm a big fan of uh The Rock. Um I used to be a huge wrestling fan and um it's just amazing to me how far he has grown and gone. Like I remember when he first debuted in WWF and if you would have told me this guy would basically be the biggest celebrity on the planet, I would have, you know, it was unbelievable. He couldn't even, you know, he wasn't even popular <laughs> when he first debuted in wrestling. So yet alone to be a huge movie star and international icon, yeah. I think is huge. And I just think more than anything, we talked about resiliency and, and all those things like he embodies that it's so I think he'd be the person. Great choice. My son uh, has been reading his biography. So love it. Somebody that I appreciate as well. Can you name a book that's helped to forge you as a leader and as an entrepreneur and why? A really good question. As a leader and as an entrepreneur, I will tell you uh, one of the books, one of the books that helped me very early on is, um, oh man, is it up there? Yep. How to Sell Yourself. How to Sell Yourself by Joe Girard. And um, it's a book I read in college or right after college when I was an intern. And the reason I, I, I mentioned this one is I was very um, insecure about myself because I got into this internship. I was not the first choice. It was clear. Like it was, I was supposed to get a call. They were, they were selecting people on say a Thursday I didn't get a call Friday. I didn't get a call Saturday. I didn't get a call the next week. I didn't get a call to like the next Saturday, right? So about five or six people had turned this opportunity down before they got to me. And when I got that job, the one thing I thought was, I, I knew I wasn't the first choice, but I wanted to make sure that I was going to be the final choice once I got there. And that book was very pivotal in me shifting my mindset. And um, Joe talks about how he was the number one salesman for a number of years and his dealership actually stopped. Uh, they ended up closing on both Saturday and Sunday at one point. So now he only had five days to sell cars when he used to have six days and how he still managed to sell as many cars in five days instead of six. And the book just went to a lot of philosophies that helped me train myself on how to win no matter what someone else is saying. Um, and I think it's just, it's an attitude and a spirit that, um, I feel like I can always kind of go to. So I think that's a, a really good one that anyone should check out if they're interested in succeeding in, in any level at anything. What is the biggest hurdle you've overcome in your business in the last year? And what did it teach you? 
in the last year, you know, we we uh, invested in some marketing tactics and strategies that just uh, didn't have the results we were looking for. Um, what it taught me was, and I will say too, I probably handed off um, too much responsibility. So I was, you know, when I when I made those hires, I kind of said, okay, great, this is handled. Kind of kept an eye on it, but not with the same level that I did before. So it just taught me that, you know, at the end of the day, we want to hire great people. Um, we want to trust them, but also empower them. Uh, but part of that is as a leader, we've got to stay in control and stay in a position where we can advise and grow and make sure that everyone's really clear on what the outcomes are we're looking for. So. Can you send us out with a quote to help forge our listeners as leaders and entrepreneurs? Um, there's a book I just wrapped. It's the uh, 10X is easier than 2X. And um, one of the things they always talk about is uh, the gap in the game, you know, and part of it is recognizing how far you've come as opposed to recognizing that maybe you haven't reached the goals that you have. So I think that's really important as an actual quote. I would probably say, um, I don't know if I have an actual quote, you know, I don't live by a whole lot of quotes, but I will say that mindset, I think is really key is just recognizing how far you've come, but also being clear on what goals you have moving forward. All right. Outstanding, John. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I want to make sure though, that before we go, that our listeners have an opportunity to reach out to you. So what's the best way to reach out to John Kasman? Yeah, the best thing is really go to our website. So kasmancapital.com. We have a lot of resources on our website from um, the podcast, which you can find there. Uh, we also have our sample deal package. We have some other stuff. We have a mastermind group there. So lots of great information that's available on the website. So check that out, uh, kasmancapital.com. All right, outstanding. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your knowledge and experience with our audience. Thank you, George. Appreciate you having me again.